you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Around the NFL podcast is all about Chris Wesley. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Connie Fox. What up, people? Hey, Dan. There we go. Wes uh, nodded his head, by the way, to that money issue. And by the way, congratulations to Money. Yeah. Who oh, wow. yeah. It was announced officially by the L.A. Chargers that he is the voice, I guess the radio voice of the Chargers. And it was called, I believe, by Money himself, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And that is a major, major gig to book in this industry to be the voice of an NFL team. Uh, it's like top of the ladder stuff. So hearty congratulations to money. And I think he'll be absolutely amazing at it because he has done hundreds upon hundreds of college football games. Oh, he'll be great. Done pro. You know, he's done. He just does. He does every type of sport. He's a total pro. He's the, money. <laughs> yeah. oh, sorry. Nailed it, Sully. <laughs> Way to go, Sully. He told, me, he told me a story yeah, once because I did this that announcer's article last year. The first time he ever did a basketball, like a, I think it was a Lakers game, yeah. that the longtime Lakers announcer came in and he's like, he, he thought it was a TV game. It, TV is obviously people, it's right. easier. You don't have to describe the action Especially the same way. Especially in basketball. Right. And oh, so no. th- this veteran came into the booth and said, hey, man, so you're, this is radio, right? No, he's basically Money was like, Money, he's like, this is a t- you're doing TV, right? And Money was like, well, I'm a little nervous. No, it's radio. He goes, oh, you are and just walked out, and Money had to just deal with the game from that no. point. He did wow. fine, though, obviously. He's obviously quite talented. Well, I would say it. that this is only going to help the Chargers' chances of becoming the team of mm. ATL. It's possible. Great point. It's a possibility for sure. And uh, let's just hope he can continue to do the Money Tags because that would be – You think he's getting too big now? Maybe. He might be hitting that territory now. Nah. But, yeah. I, I don't Never. think we have any reason to fear. All right. Can He's you imagine great. having to follow that voice if you're the next person trying to do that mm. job for us? Yeah, there is no following it. I don't be know like Brian Greasy trying to take over for John Elway. <laughs> uh, big, uh, so much to talk about today um, on the Around the NFL podcast. So much to get to. Yesterday, we were at the what is uh, termed the NFL Media Summit. Uh, yeah, we were. Yeah, we were. Which uh, I saw it, Mark, as a sign of progress. Uh, the entire ATN crew was 
invited. Mark and I were the only ones able to attend. So we were there. We got to be you know, a little behind the curtain. This old hat for Connie Fox. You've been to many of these. No, this was actually my first. Your first as well. I couldn't attend one two years ago, and last year's was canceled. Right. Uh, so what were your thoughts, Mark, on the NFL Media Summit? I really, I honestly thought that it was very enjoyable. Uh, the session itself, the actual work business side of it, uh, learned a lot, but it was long. I will give it that. I think most people would agree with me that it would it, it was of certain length. But how then many at, hours was it? Nine. It was nine to six, and then a dinner that essentially went six to eleven. I mean, I didn't eat any dinner, but there, yeah. there was an open bar, and I do remember uh, partaking of that. Yeah, there was. Uh, yeah, there was an open bar, and that was fun. And maybe, maybe we'll share some uh, exclusive footage at some point. Uh, during the week that at this point has not really been released to the masses, but uh, Colleen did some great photography work uh, later in the night. Of course. That's a little bit of a tease. It's embargoed right now. I always find out about this stuff about 12 (laughs) hours later. It's just (laughs) shocking to me. Yes, and and if you're not a, if you're a listener of the show, a regular listener, you know this is all kind of pointing towards a Mark Sessler moment that was captured on video, as often happens when we have a get-togethers that get boozy. It's my favorite thing. I mean, I honestly went into yesterday saying that will not happen this time. (laughs) And it did. Uh, big show today. I'm watching it right now, just yeah. laughing. It, it's it's pretty special. It's pretty special. Uh, <laughs> we have so much to get to. We need to uh, go through the news. We haven't uh, been with you since Thursday, so we will go through all the latest uh, happenings in the NFL, uh, uh, including more uh, dire news if you're a Jets fan hoping for a somewhat competitive season. Uh, we will also... Uh, talk a little bit about what happened with uh, Greg Rosenthal, who is not with us. He's in, and don't let him tell you otherwise, Greg is in Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> oh, I thought something bad happened. It's not on like the, the wrong side of the tracks in Massachusetts like he tries Wilbraham. to spin that one. He is in Martha's Vineyard uh, on vacation, and, and, and we, we miss him, and we're looking forward to his return. But uh, right before he left, he found himself in the middle of a major beef, tweef. Twitter yeah. beef. So. Frankly, I was worried about him because I didn't know he was going on vacation and then just he just vanished. <laughs> Hope he made it there. So we'll get it. <laughs> we'll get into that. And then uh, that will spin nicely until we'll have a little discussion on our favorite NFL feuds uh, through the years. Uh, and we'll, we'll circle back to the NFL Media Summit, uh, some takeaways. Uh, but before we do any of that, we'll say hi uh, to the man behind the glass. He's already dropped. One of the great lines in the history of the show. Oh, dear. So at this point, there's nowhere to go but down. Oh, dear. Uh, but there he is, Sean Sullivan. We call him Sully. What's up, bud? Not too much, guys and gals. How are we doing today? We're doing great. Great. Gal. Gal. Just Gal. one. Just one. Same Thank line. you. Yep. Let's do some news. Let's go to eat a damn snack. <laughs> You know, I don't know if you guys saw that. Of course, Rex Ryan, uh, his famous line on Hard Knocks all those years ago. Uh, Rex and Rob were videotaped getting into a fight uh, yes. in Tennessee. Uh, yeah, it was ahead of a National Predators game, uh, which they're all the rage are tied in the NHL finals right now, 2-2 with the Penguins. And Rex and Rob, who are, I guess Rex is employed with ESPN. Rob is floating. I think he just hangs out with Rex now. Basically. Pretty much, yeah. They got into some type of pushing match uh, that I'm sure you could find if you do a simple Google search. And, and then there was a report in a couple places. I saw it in Deadspin about how Rex, you know, 
infamously has a, 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 a he likes feet. He's got likes feet. And he would. Why are you looking at me when you say that? <laughs> well, you know, I mommy know. likes feet. <laughs> mommy likes feet. I don't know. Maybe mommy likes feet. I don't know. Weird. But, all right. So weird. Well, he likes women's feet, so maybe that's why I did look at you. I don't okay. know. Okay. All right. No, yeah. that's fair. I'm I, fair. I'm not a foot guy, so don't get like creeped out it's, like that. It is the strangest yeah. thing. It very, is. Yeah. Very yeah. awkward. Very awkward couple of moments on the show here. Yeah. I never. <laughs> I never understood this, but Rex is an admitted. Um, guy into feet and he made some type of comment allegedly to a girl there oh no and connor or uh put it well we you know we were commiserating about it because we're both rex ryan fans and yeah i hope that's not true because uh, i always thought that rex was a good dude he's a little above being a creepy older guy at the bar are you sure telling young girl about feet i actually oh, knew i thought he was a little gross. he may or may not have crashed a bachelorette party is what the story is that's that's the story. I don't yeah. think that the Ryan brothers are above much of anything. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. But uh, anyway, yes, the former coach of the Jets is off gallivanting. The uh, Jets that he left behind are flaming. Let's let's be honest. Let's be honest. Yeah. Hey, let this crash play out. <laughs> We're going to let it play out audible, for the entire season. Uh, the team, audible so- uh, sound of a woman screaming there at one point. The team, uh, which obviously is in a full-on rebuild, took another step in that direction on Tuesday. In a surprise move, however, they released veteran linebacker David Harris, uh, who was uh, a every-game starter since being a second-round pick out of Michigan in 2007. He's missed just one game in eight years, 33 years old. Uh, the quarterback of that defense, the middle linebacker, and the team cut him. And, of course, in true Jets fashion, uh, it was done in a way that is easily criticized and fairly criticized. Uh, David Harris practiced today with the Jets. Uh, he was with the first-team defense in their uh, working in their their nickel package and 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 uh, and then he comes off the field and he finds out he's cut. Must and have been one hell of a practice. Oh my god! <laughs> and uh, it led to the uh, agents for David Harris speaking out that that's not you know any way to treat uh, one of the shining sons of the organization in the last decade, which is totally fair. Um, after practice, Todd Bowles showed up uh, about ten minutes late. Uh, to his press conference and uh, said that it was a, quote, organizational uh, decision after the team's attempt to negotiate a contract reduction broke down. So uh, Harris, the team's leading tackler, now gone. Demario Davis, who was picked up in that trade with the Browns last week, I guess becomes their starting linebacker. And I'll tell you what, I was looking at this. The Jets have cut almost every notable veteran from last season's roster. Darrell Rivas. I'll just name five of them here. Darrell Rivas, Nick Mangold, Brandon Marshall, who was traded, David Harris, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, You could make a case that those were the five most important players on the roster this time last year. Whoa, this is going to be rough. This is going to be a rough year. Hang in there, Jets. Are you okay? Just imagine if they were rebuilding. (laughs) Oh, they are rebuilding. It's not what the head coach told us. I mean – this is a situation 
It's like getting ugly too. The fact that they they have this guy out there practicing and then they cut him right after. No, that was a bad look. It was a bad look, and they shouldn't have done that. Uh, they've cleared fifty million in cap space, so they're, it's all pointing towards completely trying to rebuild the machine here. And and the bummer to me is, and I I think about we might have to get Keith on at some point this week. Uh, my dad, because a Jet fan like me, I could medicate myself with the with the knowledge of all right. You're not going to we're going to win the Super Bowl this year anyway. Tom Brady's still around. You have a this is a good time to rebuild. Maybe if you, if you do suck enough, you get the first pick next year and or a top 3 pick and you could really start a real rebuild. So I can punt on the season, but then there's Jet fans like my dad who just they like to watch their favorite team on Sundays in the fall and winter right. and just want to see a competitive team out there and I just don't see any way the Jets are competitive in games, let alone winning games. Uh, they have the worst roster in the league, it looks like. And my final comment on this is this is the darkest time, I think, for this organization since 96 when they went 1-15 off a of 3-13 under Rich Kotite. But back then, Bill Parcells came around. He rode in on a white horse and fixed the franchise and, and really put them in the right direction for a long period, even after he was gone. There is no white horse riding in. So it's a very it's a time of great anxiety for Jet fans, uh, myself included. The only thing I would say is that if you're going to commit to a rebuild, the worst thing that bad teams do is you only go 70% of the way. You only clear certain cap room. You still keep certain players around because you want to sell tickets to a 4-12 and season. They do seem very committed to getting rid of every possible asset, cutting as much cap room, and truly starting from the ground floor. That also doesn't mean that the rebuild will be successful. Right. That's the issue. So the Browns did last year. It, well, it's what yeah. they've done roughly 12 times. And right. you have to wonder if the how long the coach in the front office will be on the same page with this kind of a situation. Because if you're Todd Bowles and you have a coaching staff to keep the the you know their mood up and their motivation up, this is a this is a rough roadmap ahead for those men. I think it's the most blatant attempt to solve a long-running quarterback problem that I've ever seen in the NFL. Yeah, the scam yep. for Sam is on in a, in a big way. And as much as I like – I'm on the same page as that, I feel for Keith Hansis of the world, and I just – I know that I don't get to enjoy football this season, and it's June, and it's just the way it is. Moving on, Jeremy Macklin, uh, the wide receiver for the Chiefs. Well, he used to be. Uh, the team made a surprise move on Friday, releasing the veteran wide receiver uh, – Alex Smith, the Chiefs quarterback, uh, told the Kansas City Star that he was shocked by by the move. It also came 10 days after uh, Andy Reid was at Jeremy Macklin's wedding. So it all seemed oh, like God. he was part of the future of this team, but apparently not. Chris Wessling, uh, Macklin had a nice last season in Philly, blew out his knee, went to the Chiefs, had a big year. Uh, last year, it seemed like he came down to earth. Was this a situation where they thought maybe he was on the other side of the hill? I think there's a couple of things going on here. He's paid like a number one receiver, yet his season high last year was 82 yards in a game. And at the same time, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill were more consistent than him. And the Chiefs also have as much as much salary cap uh, concern as at any team in the league, especially going into 2018 and planning ahead. So I think the fact that he didn't play like a number one receiver and they have salary cap issues. I don't know what the timing, I don't know, makes sense. But, yeah, I, I think that's what's going on. It, it does raise the question, what is the state of the Chiefs, a team 
that has the best record in the NFL regular season-wise for the past year and a half that you cut your best receiver. It couldn't have been an easy decision for Andy Reid, who these two have a history going back to the Eagles in Philadelphia. He recruited him. They were together. Yeah. yeah, that's where Macklin was drafted. And as you said, that he was just at his wedding. But last year, he had that groin injury where he missed four games. And then also, he lost a longtime friend uh, who passed away. And so that also affected him, I think. But it's just... It couldn't have been an easy thing for Reed to do, but they have so many good, young, talented pass catchers on that team. I mean, Macklin will find work very quickly. Already, the Bills are, are – he's visiting with the Bills today. The Ravens, everyone right away said makes sense, and they're interested. The Browns are looking into him as well, so he'll find work very quickly. I was a little out of pocket this week, and I was in Paso Robles. Ooh, it was Love your anniversary, right? Yes, the Happy anniversary. anniversary. We're, we're, we're still doing it. It's happening. <laughs> That's good. Uh, good so, update. <laughs> you know, I left the laptop at home, uh, which made the wife very happy, and kind of stayed out of it. And I was curious, did we do, did NFL.com do a Jeremy Macklin landing spots post? <laughs> Damn right we did. <laughs> well, it didn't happen when I was here. That's for sure. I, it, the minute I left it. work, Thank you shook. Our, Our boy. Third baseman on the uh, Shield softball team. We'll get to the shield in a little bit. Uh, moving on. Ooh, I hate going to the Ravens nest with bad news, but <sighs> for the second straight show, that's exactly what we have to do. Uh, a day after a cornerback, uh, Tavon Young tore his ACL. Veteran tight end Dennis Pitta re-injured his hip in practice. The team announced Friday. Uh, this was a brutal setback for Pitta, who, of course, had two dislocation um, of his hips uh, in, I think, back-to-back years. Uh, came back last season and was really one of the best uh, comeback stories in football, playing all 16 games, led the team with 86 catches, which was third among tight ends in the NFL. You thought he had put this hip issue in the rearview mirror, uh, but now it's back, and there's a lot of talk that this is probably the end of the road for Dennis Pitta, third time injuring this hip. That's a bummer. It's a bummer, but you could also look at it the other way, an injury which everyone assumed would end his career. He came back, and by my calculations, he actually led all tight ends in receptions last year, Mm. posted career highs in receptions and receiving yards. A few years after everybody assumed his career was over, that's something that he can go out kind of on a positive note. Agree with you. I think if you look at, like, the way that Tony Romo and Jason Witten had an amazing relationship on the field, friends off it, it is – Pretty close with Flacco and Pitta, and that he's he showed last year how big of a part of his, of that offense he is. And the Ravens, who I think it's easy to assume because the Ravens have such a good reputation that they're probably going to bounce back, go ten and six, make the playoffs. But you look at that passing game and what they have at wide receiver. They are deep at tight end, but it, it, they're not deep in the way where you've got another Pitta. And suddenly you look at the wide receiver group, and it's like. What's happening on third down for this team? Yeah, I just read Mike Wallace is the only player on the roster now to have caught more than 34 passes Hey, Justin from last Tuck, year. Warm up that leg, Justin. We're going to need seven to nine field goals per game. Nine! <laughs> per game! Oh, man. Joe Flacco. Listen, I don't think you're a fluco. Some people call you Joe Fluco. I don't. But you're. Are you trying that out on us You're right merely now? okay, uh, let's be honest. And uh, what I need you to do is get your team inside uh, the 45-yard line uh, between the 40 and the 45 and then let Justin handle the rest. There's no way to motivate someone better. You love kickers. (laughs) When you you have a problem. It's a big kicker offseason for me. I'm very into kickers. (laughs) When you label someone merely okay, that should should set them on their way. I am. I am. Sully, 
I'm way into kickers. Yep. Like how into kickers? Aguayo. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <Folk>. <laughs> Two men enter. One man lives. Kickers, baby. Uh, I can't believe one is going to die out there. I know. It's it seems like, a little extreme. Wow. Just a bit. It's a, yeah, just a bit. Thanks, Mark. Um, <laughs> Colin Kaepernick, not dead, <laughs> but his chances of playing with the Seahawks are. hey Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, the Seahawks added a veteran backup quarterback on Monday, but it was not Kaepernick after uh, a lot. Of speculation tying Colin Kaepernick to the Seahawks, they go out and sign Austin Davis, uh, Mike Garofolo, who I didn't haven't really had a chance to talk to Mike too much in my time uh, in this industry of sport, uh, but I did uh, yesterday. I love him, a, a great guy, great guy. We had a nice chat, and with he was him. asking about us, and he was very interested in how you were doing. Nice, of uh, and we were talking about his first child on the way. Spoiler alert! I hope that Does anybody. I hope know? that he's announced oh, God, that publicly Dan. because now he has. We might have to just bleep that whole thing out. Yeah, let's Sorry, do that. Sorry, we're, we're not sure we could talk about what we just talked about. Yeah, we're not sure. Anyway, uh, moving on, he uh, reported <laughs> that Dave, Davis's deal with the Seahawks is for the veterans minimum with a $30,000 roster bonus if he makes the team. Uh, and Pete Carroll had this to say on Colin Kaepernick. Uh, he's a starter in this league. I can't imagine that someone won't give him the chance to play. Uh, Colleen, you don't like that. I don't know. I just I can't believe that he doesn't have a job yet. I mean, as a backup quarterback, he especially with the Seahawks in Seattle, that offense would have been perfect for him to be the backup quarterback. I'm just surprised by Apparently it. not. Like, do you think Austin Davis is better than Kaepernick? No, but I don't no. think that Mark Sanchez is better than Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Broncos decided to to sign Mark Sanchez. That's in like, Wes's crawl, by the way. It's absolutely in yeah. my crawl. Until we know what Colin Kaepernick... <laughs> oh God, welcome what to did, Wes's crawl, Colleen. Until we know what his, his asking price and expected role is, I don't want to hear about blackballing. Ryan Fitzpatrick had it much worse than Kaepernick last year. Jay Cutler didn't get a visit with the Seahawks. Well, Why is it only Colin Kaepernick that's blackballed? And he's certainly not. <laughs> oh what, the Seahawks, They, I Told think you. there was genuine interest in sitting down and talking with him and exploring it, and they probably had Austin Davis on their short list too as another potential patch at your backup position. So he's not bla- – again, blackballed means needs there needs to be collusion between 32 teams, and that's not happening. Barry Bonds, that man got blackballed. Colin Kaepernick, not so much. I mean, screenwriters in the you know the McCarthy era—that's blackballed. Thank you. Dan's just like trying <laughs> out all of his bits on us right now. Barry Bonds yeah. led the major leagues in on-base percentage in his last season. He hit like 30 home runs, and he was just sent away from baseball. Halted at 762. Now, is Barry? Listen, well, we're talking baseball over here. But is Barry Bonds? Is Barry Bonds a great person? No. Did he? Did everyone like him? No. But that—that's blackballed. What about Terrell Collusion. Owens Hall of Fame? He'll get in, I think. That's fair. But Ka- Kaepernick, right. much like Barry Bonds, does not have the greatest reputation as a teammate either. Mm, way, way before his protest. Wes, first of all, again, I love having you here, Wes. Uh, and I'm so happy that you're here. I want to give you a chance at a mulligan here uh, by doing this next, oh, no. this next news item on Vikings coach Mike Zimmer, who's returning to work after a hiatus. This was on you, yeah, not on Wes. <laughs> nice try. What happened? <laughs> No, not on me. It was all, this was a West situation. This was. Do you have I another missed, hot take on this. Zimmer's eye, no. Dan? What, uh, yeah, Zimmer turned 61 on Monday. He's going back to work. Uh, the the 
Vikings announced Zimmer has been cleared to return after an eighth eye surgery. Uh, he's missed workouts the past two weeks. Uh, this has been a long, long-running issue. And uh, I just want to say, because maybe, uh, yes, maybe some things I said were misconstrued as well. Uh, I'm very happy that Mike's back on the field. Seems like a good dude. And, uh, you know, now it's Wes's turn, a little mea culpa for Chris Wesley. Oh, my God. For some of the things he said about Mike Zimmer. I am happy that Mike Zimmer is back. I hope his eye is doing well and that he will have full sight in both eyes for the rest of his life. I missed hey. I missed whatever show this occurred on. <laughs> I am going to have to go back and find out what happened here. We sat after the podcast and we're like, I don't know, should we cut that out? What do you think? It's like, did no. we go too hard after Mike Zimmer's eye problem? <laughs> that was the conversation that happened last week. Unbelievable. Real no conversation. We'll do it here because class acts all over right, the table right. right now. Moving on. Reprehensible. Eli. <laughs> <laughs> We'll send and, that video out right now, Mark, if you don't shape okay, up. Okay, you, you guys have made good decisions all along. <laughs> By the way, Eli Apple, wow. He has bulked what? up a uh, 10-pound healthy bulk up uh, after cutting out uh, fatty foods from his diet, fatty foods that were wow. cooked by, wait a second. How did he do this? From Annie, you know what? Even as I'm reading this, I hate this story. Veto powers activated. Veto powers activated. Stupid. I ain't doing that one. Veto, next. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> what a great addition to the We're show. Moving. Oh, guess what's back, baby? What? Kick- Finally Kicker Saguayo? <laughs> what is this? No. All right. Hank Williams Jr. was the longtime uh, musical voice of Monday Night Football uh, with his song, All My Rowdy Friends Are Here on Monday Night, and uh, the, the famous catchphrase, Are You Ready for Some Football? Anyway, six years ago, they dropped uh, Hank after he made some remarks about President Barack Obama. Does anybody remember those remarks? Yes. Yep. What were they? Compare Barack Obama to Hitler. Yes, he, he, he as Barack Obama was golfing with John Boehner. Very good. Hitler playing golf with Netanyahu, re- referring to the Israeli prime minister. That that caused ESPN to get away. But these are strange times in the world. No longer uh, is that that big an issue. So Hank Williams. I mean, Jr. I still think it's pretty big of an issue. Hey, ask ESPN. But they seem to be okay with it. Uh, talk I'm about annoyed at everybody. Talk about sticking in my crawl. <laughs> why is now the right time for this? Yeah. ESPN. Very I'll odd. tell you why right now is the right time. Because ESPN has come under heavy, heavy criticism from the propagandist uh, right side of the political spectrum. They are, in some cases, boycotting ESPN for being so liberal. So no. in Donald Trump's America, they, they think they can appease the right by bringing Hank Williams back. And it's a blatant, blatant, you know, kowtow Chris to a propagandist <laughs> portion of the United States. I, I can't get it. Chris into Wessling has hit an analytical grand slam there. How incisive. That is absolutely why they yeah. did this. Is anybody it, talking about that? Or is that I don't know. It's just I mean, I think it's pretty easy to see you through. Trying to connect those dots. I mean Anyway, did anybody re- that's the other thing about the Hank Williams Jr. song? It's ugh. and let's not go crazy. I mean, do we have Priyanka, by the way, on the board still? Which I love. I mean, we love Priyanka, obviously. The Priyanka song I love. Yes. 
Um, I'm Rob Gronkowski, and but, welcome to my city. Okay. Well, well let's oh, be honest. This is, this is such a Sessler, too. I, I can get <laughs> behind <laughs> this. <laughs> what happened to this? It's a much better song. What happened to Sessler this? Yeah. <laughs> I go play this at the Cozy. <laughs> I... <laughs> All right. It's danceable, and now you know uh, it, it was. You could theme it towards every team that was hosting the game. Come on, put it I this way. I feel like we're moving backwards, like put, in time. I was gonna say put, we are. Put it this to like way. like the 17th century. Yeah. Um, I like that Priyanka song. Ironically, it's. I mean, it's a bad song. Objectively, it's just not a good song. Uh, and and the the Faith Hill song is bad, and the Pink song before it, and the Hank Williams Jr. song is bad. There's a lot of good songs in the world. At what point are we going to all like start landing on some good football telecast? Thank songs? you for acknowledging that the Faith Hill song is a mess. Great performance, though, by Faith and, of course, Carrie. The Carrie Underwood is, is on, my, on my power rankings. It's at the very – well, it's just above this Hank Williams song, which the only thing I like about it is it harks back to a time when my team actually was on Monday Night Football. A long, long oh, time ago. The 80s? Yes. I can still remember. It's been about that long. Uh, all right. That's what's happening in the news. Uh, let's circle back to that media summit. And we can't talk about everything that happened because it is, uh, by its nature, uh, it's supposed to be kind of a closed-door look at both the direction of the company, what's doing well, what's not, uh, 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 in some cases a, a, a stage to air grievances and share feelings about how to improve the operation here. So the shadow, I mean, the shadow league figures are a little bit – well, not a little bit. A lot off the grid when it comes to our podcast. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to risk spilling circ- uh, you know, secrets here. So we're going to be careful. But what we can unless say, Unless Mike Garofalo is involved. Yeah, unless Mike's involved. <laughs> what we can say, please, Sully, remind me after the show <laughs> to shoot uh, Garofalo a DM uh, and make sure that it's 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 okay to reveal. Knowledge. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, otherwise you're going to have a lot of editing work to do. <laughs> Uh, but we we can share that uh, the great Al Riveron, who mm. has stepped into a a much more prominent role at the NFL now, he's got the top officiating job after uh, Dean Blandino hit it and quit it, uh, headed on to oh the greener pastures. <laughs> what? I, mean, I wasn't that... looking at you. No, I know. <laughs> Uh, All right, continue. continue. Dino took the money and ran uh, over to Fox. Uh, and now Riveron, it was his turn to take the podium. And it, it was a room. It was people like us, but then also all the players that that um, uh, work for the NFL, Hall of Famers. All we had assigned seating. Assigned seating. Us, I was sitting next to Terrell Davis. Us and well-known people, basically. Yeah. Uh, and once Al Riveron got up there to explain the new rules and some new policies for officiating, uh, that really juiced up all the players in attendance. <laughs> and Mark, I think, it, and Colleen, I think it's safe to say that Al more than held his own uh, against these prominent uh, legends of the sport. It was, the, for me, the most striking debut by anyone that's worked at this company that I've ever seen in my life. Wow. It was and great. I, I thought many times, I wish... Wait, I, what about Wes's first around the NFL post back in 2012? Second what to a Chris hammer. Wessling. Second to Chris <laughs> Wessling. But I thought many times, I wish Wes was here because this is the guy you would have loved. You would have loved what was happening in the room because he had to go point by point through oh all the rule changes, which you think, oh, this is going to be long and dull. And we had no idea who Al Riveron was. 
he showed up like a total commander, and he's taken on every player. He's taken on William McGinnis. He's taken on Steve, Steve Smith. Smith. Everyone's throwing fire at him, and he just – Marshall Falk, LT, Sean O'Hara. Mm-hmm. Nobody could stand up against <laughs> told him to Al sit Riveron. down? He basically said, sit, sit down, down, baby. Be humble. Be humble. One of my favorite exchanges <laughs> of the whole thing – uh, he goes, now let's talk about protecting receivers. And you hear from the crowd, oh, that's too late, man. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was from Smith. It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I was sitting, I happened to be in a, a very interesting cluster, me the nobody, and then you had Terrell Davis behind me, Ladanian Tomlinson, uh, excuse me, TD next to me, Terrell uh, LT behind me, Marshall Falk in front of me. And when oh, talk- Don't forget who else was in front of you. Mark Sessler. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know. <laughs> and and when they got to, oh, now we're going to protect uh, receivers, uh, new rules to protect receivers on routes, the, the whole group, and then I was just, like, with him, like, smoking in the boys' room. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, don't worry about the running backs, though. I was like, yeah, man. It was like, I looked at TD, like, for a little moment between us, no moment. Okay. <laughs> it was cool, though. It was very cool to he be was great. Like, I also quick, heard yeah. somebody yell out, I just think that rule's trash. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, Mark, you, I know, um, at, and by the way, at some point, it got to a point it was like a, an old church in the South when Riveron <laughs> would be you know, taking care of all these legends. I just started going like, River! Yeah. River! <laughs> like, Rich Eisen's right behind me. I'm sure he was looking at me like, what's wrong with that guy? Oh, no. Um, Dan and I were passing notes about him. I mean, yeah. I just oh, you guys notes. were on the other side of the room. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Mark, you also were smitten. And uh, you wanted to celebrate him. In a, in this a is my new favorite person in the league. Uh, and so I, I, I just wrote a statement about him and what I observed. <laughs> so here we go. Al Riveron on Monday explained the earth to common men. Al Riveron left no doubt about his God-ordained authority. Al Riveron capably ran his personal computer from a fiery podium. <laughs> Al Riveron's skin is built of metal. Al Riveron's bones are made of white hot gold from the center of the earth. Al Riveron sits for weeks on end in a silent room, forming his master plan. Al Riveron doesn't tangle in political (laughs) theory. He operates in cold, hard facts. Al Riveron doesn't waste his hours watching The Bachelorette season 14. Al Riveron doesn't concern himself with fashion. You will not mistake him for a clothes horse. Al Riveron walks 33 miles into the woods and sits for days in solitude, surrounded only by the sound of forest animals. Al Riveron is on the radar of the CIA. Al Riveron does not believe in squirrels. Al Riveron's concept of a vacation is walking to the junkyard and smashing old cars with a 50-pound hammer. Al Riveron is adored by children in every country. Al Riveron has taken control and will not let go. What? That seems to check out. So he's actually an upgrade on Dean Blandy. I think he... Are you kidding me, Wes? This is not even... He's what the the NFL needed. Yeah. We needed Al Riveron? This is is Al Riveron. You ask me if I have a God complex? Let me tell you something. I am God. Al Riveron, baby. One last thing. Because when they'd have to bring Dean Blandino on to explain rules and stuff, that's part of that job. And I don't know if he will necessarily have it, but he'll be perfect for it. Yeah, All this hand-wringing over l- losing Dean Blandino because he's so perfect on TV. And we're saying that basically we have the guy made for the job right here. And I think the one thing, Mark, that you left out is in addition to all of that. He left something out? <laughs> yeah, one thing. I was going to squirrels. Yeah, I was going to say the squirrel thing, but <laughs> what he did, one thing he left out, not only did he slay all comers coming at the crown, with his unsheathed his mighty blade and slayed all. Oh my god! 
so uh, he had the Xbox controller and nimbly operating it in his right hand. That's big. And Blandino, who was, let's face it, a a, a revolutionary when it came to the Xbox controller, mm-hmm. uh, a trailblazer, Riveron said, I can do it too, baby. Let's fly. <laughs> have- and I can do it better. Two questions Frankly. related to your clothes horse portion of the- <laughs> right. Was that an indirect shot at Dean Blandino, known to be a little uh, meticulous about his appearance? Hmm. N- no, not consciously. <laughs> uh, not consciously, but he, he, just, he just had like a – he just came in wearing – it was like wear fancy jeans and a nice shirt, and he just rolled in. He was wearing whatever he's wearing and said, I don't care what anyone thinks about me. My other comment is my – Continued inability to get past the mental hurdle of attending these functions when I get an email telling me how I should dress. Mm. I, that's why I do right. not go to these functions. I saw, <laughs> stop I saw telling Mark. Me, stop telling adults how to dress and I'll go to your little <laughs> company function. Elevate your underwear to the next level with me undies. Ah. No. All right, Sully, we're learning on the fly together. <laughs> there is a placement for that sound. And it comes... When I say, what is me undies? Ah! Just seriously saw feel good undies delivered right to your door. You, you got it? You know what I'm saying? It's, oh, I got you. It's replacing O. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> me undies are designed in LA and made from sustainably sourced money. A fabric three times softer <laughs> than cotton. Me undies softer than soft lugs. Undies come in an ever changing selection of classic colors, bold shades, and adventurous patterns so you can tell your undies to your own personal style. And guess what? What, Dan? You can save time and money each month with a monthly subscription. And if you're not ready for a subscription, that's okay. You can still save. That's because MeUndies is offering you 20% off your first pair. Wait, cut the music a second here, sorry. What's wrong? Are you all right? Oh, I'm all right, all right. Mm. (laughs) What's with this head scratch? You're going to make yourself bleed if you keep scratching your head like that. Just... Actually, can I get some timpani? Timpani. Here you go, Sully. <laughs> Just use our special URL, meundies.com slash around the NFL. Congratulations! Just just to clarify, when you're entering the special code, do not include comma. No, right. just around the NFL. <laughs> Beundies.com slash around the NFL. You know what that is. That's an individualized offer code. And thank you to everyone in the building that worked with us on that. 20% off your first order if you use that code. And to that point, now that we have the offer code in hand, let's do something. Let's do something special together. Every, everyone that's out there, everyone that has reached out to us, uh, about waiting for the individualized offer code to purchase MeUndies. Um, and all of you out there that just, Mark, and you could vouch for this, you went from commando to clothes in uh, two seconds flat once you wore your first pair of MeUndies. Yeah. Even if you just need some new underwear. I would never go back now. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to send a message to the shadowy league figures using the might of the Around the NFL podcast audience on noon Pacific time here in California. On Wednesday, that's tomorrow. Wednesday, what day is that, Wes? June June 7th. At noon Pacific. You'll be at the Dodgers game. We'll be at the Dodgers game. Everyone at that moment, log in to 
MeUndies.com. Order your underpants. Get them underpants. 20% <laughs> off. With our code. With our code around the NFL. And, and we'll show the, the shadowy league figures the power of this podcast. This could be – it could be underpants that finally uh, gets through to the third floor. And we're going to have a little special – The power of this article. We're going to have a little special presentation to go with it, right? We have a little something that we put yes. together. And we – yes. <laughs> that much teased video today. Uh, yeah. That is a little gift to the audience for this great day. And one thing, you know, maybe in your – you don't have a lot of money. A lot of our listeners are younger. They're students. But maybe maybe you give money to charity or you give money or you have uh, young children or nephews and nieces that you put money aside to get gifts for them. Pull it out of that fund. Uh, <laughs> use it for this. Thank you. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go. What great news. I mean, that had me flying when I got that email today. Um, so exciting. All right, moving on. Before uh, before we get into our discussion of our favorite NFL feuds from the, through the years, I want to uh, touch on why we thought of that as an idea. Uh, and it all goes back to um, our fearless former leader, Greg Rosenthal, um, who got himself in a tweef <laughs> on Friday. A big one, in fact. And with none other than Miko Grimes. Oh. And it's a bummer because Greg obviously is on vacation, um, uh, so we can't talk to him about it. But I think that uh, we should at least touch on the the Miko Grimes tweet. Should we hold off on going through all the tweets until Greg's back? I feel like we should. Yeah, yeah, yeah I probably. Think you have to reference what she said, right? Yeah, I th- basically at the heart of it was, and in, in one of Greg's pieces on the biggest weaknesses of every NFC team, Greg made a little passing remark that uh, last season, uh, Miko, who's of course, if you're aware, Miko, who by the way says she listens to this podcast, uh, Miko uh, m- had more headlines. The outspoken wife of Brent Grimes had more outspoken. Yeah, had 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 garnered more headlines than her husband. Uh, and then all of a sudden Grimes came back and, and had one of his best seasons last year. So he pointed out that Grimes is still an impact player, but also pointed out that maybe at some point, if I'm reading this correctly, he seemed to be trending downward and Miko was taking center stage. She didn't like that. She didn't like being referenced. Uh, not enough respect put on her name, I think, is the way to put it. That was the gist. She was not into Greg's name. Yeah. The way it's spelled. And again, well. I think this is too good to to <laughs> right. do without Greg, but she then took him to task over the course of multiple tweets coming after him, insults galore, saying he knows nothing about football. And it did get me thinking the idea of um, how we need to fight back on this. We can't take this laying down. We have a plan. Can I start right now? You can start. Go ahead. Well, speaking of things that stick in my crawl, yet another La Ravio Magnifico Ooh. from one Miko Grimes. Ooh. Who has been unhinged at times in her takes <laughs> online <laughs> and time. in locker rooms? Give me a break! And when I, one thing I've learned on this job, when somebody's gonna somebody's gonna come out and criticize a person who works as hard as Greg and does his homework, there is far more ignorance coming from the person criticizing Greg Rosenthal, who watches as much film and does as much homework as anyone in the business. As anyone in the business. So, Miko Grimes, you are showing your blatant ignorance when you come out and you trash the work that Greg does. Clean it up. Hey, that's fair. 
And speaking of fair, Greg, on the topic of Grimes, has been fair all along with Grimes. And Absolutely. His analysis was not even really taking this guy down. I, mean, I just I think that it's – come on. Listen, this is the Around the NFL podcast. This is uh, – you You have to, you know, fight for the brotherhood here. Wes, great points. I was thinking it would be a good idea perhaps because now we're we're in a legitimate beef. It's not just Greg. We're in, we're in this beef now with right. Nico. What about a little like what? diss track? <gasps> mm. And there's one person that can deliver a diss track that we know. We literally know one person who can deliver <laughs> a diss track. Get your act together, bro. You're trash. I love her. Yeah. We, got, we got her in our back pocket. And her name, of course, is Lil Debbie. So we try to reach out. We did. Any any luck, Mark? Well, th- we're very, very interested, as always, in being on the show. Couldn't get it uh, done today schedule-wise, but... I promise you she will be back. Okay, so what we, we're going to have, we want to talk a little bit, because if you know anything about Lil Debbie's career is that she is no um, amateur or she is she is not like a babe in the woods when it comes to uh, beefs and uh, people coming at her. No. We need to talk to me. What's the best way for Lil Debbie, in her mind, to come back now at Grimes, uh, Miss Grimes, and maybe a diss track? So we're going to try to get her on the phone and figure it out. It's I exciting. can't wait for that. I've already blocked her. Really? I blocked her immediately when I first saw the the first tweet at Greg. I was like, this ignorant person does not need to be on my timeline. Well, she's definitely on the sonar. I'll tell you that. Yeah. And that's the number one reason she's not blocked, because we've got to track what's going on right now. And <laughs> lest anyone think <laughs> that the Patriot missiles aren't being loaded up for, for, the, for a counter. Lest anyone think. Get your act together, she's bro. She's a little Get frightening. Track. Miko's a little frightening. I got cancer. What do I care? It's true. What's Miko's frightening, but we have what's, little what's Debbie. What's Miko going to do? Fair we have a little Debbie. That's true. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Little Debbie's like our ace in the hole. By the way, and I think I mentioned this to Colleen last night at the, the gathering, there are still <laughs> podcast listeners out there. Emphasis on think. That I believe I did. I'm not sure. But I believe this came up. <laughs> that there are still listeners out there that, that are convinced that when Little Debbie came into the studio last August, that it was Colleen dressed up. <laughs> it, is, it is a conspiracy theory out there that they are the same person. I love this conspiracy theory. I love it. It's true. All right. So, and then and when Greg gets back and we get Little Debbie on the phone, we will continue to figure out this, this, this counter offensive that we have planned um, because this, this don't stand. No. Not I've never stand. met her. I'm, I, I would love to meet her. I hope she comes in. Little Debbie. Yeah, we've never been in the same room together. Oh, I thought you meant Miko. <laughs> saying like, oh, God, no, mate? no, I'm seriously frightened of her. You should be. All right, here we go. Now, uh, in the meantime, let's talk about our favorite NFL feuds. And, uh, and, and there have been so many great feuds over the years. Well documented, of course. Uh, so why don't we go around the room here? Wes, get us going. I know you're a man that likes a nice side of beef. Well, I think any time you talk about great feuds in NFL history, it starts with Al Davis, who is the greatest feuder in sports history. Nobody feuds better yeah. than Al Davis. Legend. Starts out when he is elected president of the AFL during the AFL and NFL wars. The NFL's giant signed Pete Goglak, Hungarian kicker credited with being the guy who popularized soccer-style kicking. Started off, there was a gentleman's agreement that these two leagues would not sign each other's players. The NFL signs Gogolak. Al Davis immediately writes up a plan 
to target all of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and have his AFL owners way overpay to steal these quarterbacks away. So that basically the merger happens because Al Davis is planned to sign away all the best quarterbacks. So that's how it starts. And then in the late seventies, early eighties, he sues for the right to move from Oakland to Los Angeles and at the owners' meetings, this is my favorite NFL story of all time, one of the owners trains a parrot, stations this parrot outside, trains him to squawk you, Al Davis, no. as they're walking into the building. No. <laughs> Al Davis wins his lawsuit against the NFL. I believe there are treble damages awarded to him, and he is allowed to move to Los Angeles. And a year later, Pete Rosell has to hand him the Lombardi trophy because his Raiders won the Super Bowl. Mm. Al Davis feuds better than anyone. That's pretty good. I mean, that's going to win every time. That's awesome. The parrot move was just phenomenal. <laughs> I like to think it was like some card like Paul Brown. The that's pa- top of the list. The parrot move, would, it just couldn't happen today. No. It wouldn't happen today. No. Uh, I don't even know if parrots anymore have that ability. I feel like parrots have slipped talking? a little bit. Of course they do. <laughs> I feel like Wait, parrots think, have lost a step a little You bit. think that, a, that an animal species <laughs> over the course of a decade or two loses its main this? abilities? Hashtag gradual decline. <laughs> gradual decline. Well, it's going as well as the other one. <laughs> so, show me one parrot that's impressed you in the last 20 years. There's no, a I, guy on my block that rides his bike with his shirt off and a parrot on his bike, <laughs> and, it, and it talks. It sounds like he's more impressive than the parrot to me. There's a trash-talking yeah. parrot in Venice Beach when you're walking down to go to Hanano and the Whaler. Yes, I saw it, y- it the other day. Yeah, Bitter, it didn't happen. To, to it dan- happened. To Dan's point, a very overrated animal. <laughs> what? <laughs> doesn't, yeah, doesn't they live forever and they speak. I, what I, do you want? I, I don't need it. To, uh, it's, it, I, it can entrap you. It hears things. This? It repeats things. <laughs> exactly. It can entrap it's always up to no good. It's a stinky Davis of the animal kingdom. <laughs> That's a hot take. And, no way. And we have enough people talking in the world. Do we need animals talking? No. Too? No. I, I might be coming over to your side on this one. It is the stinky Davis of the animal world. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyway, moving on. Emphasis uh, on stinky. Too. My my favorite um, feud. Well, I got. I mean, I. How can you not talk about feuds and talk about Geno Smith versus Ik and Polly? Oh, that's pretty great. Um, who <laughs> Ik and Polly? Who I don't know if he's. I think he's a free agent now, actually. But uh, I just want not to belabor the story because everybody knows it that and Polly knocked out. Um, Geno Smith broke his jaw with a punch in the locker room uh, at Jets camp a couple of years ago. Uh, does anyone remember? This will test people's uh, short-term memory. Why IK did it? Oh, it was over like, it was a little bit of money. Six hundred dollars. Right? He owed him money over the course of a season or something like that, and hadn't paid back. The the story, as legend goes, is that IK had asked Geno Smith to attend his football camp, I believe, in Texas, and Geno gave him his word that he would go, and then did a no-show at the camp. So IK was angry about the no-show. And then uh, because he was angry, he said, oh, P.S., not only am I angry about the no-show, uh, you owe me for the plane ticket and the and the transportation to and from the airport, which cost $600. $600. And uh, when Gino was dismissive, uh, Gino, I think, uh, and if you could read the tea leaves of how the locker room uh, operate and acted in the in the time after this uh, was kind of giving him a little like you know disrespect. I'm a starting quarterback. I don't care what you're saying to me. Yeah, you are. And yeah, and uh, he let, put it this way: he was never starting quarterback again after he got punched in the jaw. My favorite feud because it was it was perfectly Jets and outrageous uh, for bringing out a game. 
That was a great one. Uh, <laughs> it was vintage Jets. Uh, and IK will live in infamy. I mean, well, I can't really blame him. I'd be pissed, too. Well, you don't punch a guy in the jaw in the locker room when he's the starting quarterback and you're a undrafted linebacker. It was a complete <laughs> career suicide. You don't do suicide. it, but I can understand yeah. where he was coming from. Rex Ryan went and signed him to the Bills because Rex wanted the headlines. <laughs> that was tedious. I don't think anybody else will ever sign him. He <laughs> Such also, a cynic, Dan. Yeah, he also, he also, yeah, he also blew out his knee last year. But uh, anyway, Mark, you got one? I, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but it's a large issue. I go back to the old AFC Central. I know, Wes, you were at one point a Bengals fan, so you know yes. this just as well as I do. That I, Growing up a Browns fan, when Marty Schottenheimer was their coach, pretty classy guy, not one who would run his mouth, but he was in a division with Jerry Glanville, who ran that Houston Oilers team in a way that got, into a lot, got on a lot of people's sonar, number one. And th- what I remember mostly was the Sam Weish Jerry Glanville, the the hatred between these guys. Because people remember Sam Weish getting on the mic against the Browns and yelling, you don't live in Cleveland, and that got that place right up. Jerry Glanville called Cleveland a rat hole. Cleveland never really mouthed off in return because they were kind of right about the city. It's At that point, was in big, big, big trouble. <laughs> but, the lake was on fire. Yeah. I mean, the Cuyahoga River was on fire. A little better now, but it's like, but, but the, I'll never forget. I thought the height of this feud – and you can tell me if you think it's a different one, but when the, when the Cincinnati Bengals on December 17th, 1989, whipped up on the Houston Oilers 61-7, to and oh. there are so many opportunities to put your foot on the brake and show a little respect to the opponent, and they just kept dropping bombs on these guys. 61-7, to Sam Weiss runs up the score on purpose, does not apologize afterwards, tells the Oilers players, look! This is what happens when Jerry Glanville is your coach. He's a classless fool. He never stops running his mouth. I'm tired of it. And you got beat down today because your coach is an idiot. He he did get he got that kind of reaction because people if you loved him, you loved him, but if you didn't like him, he was the most obnoxious guy. I could not stand him for my entire life. I talked to him on the phone for this uh, Astrodome piece at the Super Bowl. And this guy likes to talk. I mean, I have a recording. It is 45 minutes long where he oh, told me no. stories about how he used to like there was some tree where they would hang things from outside the Astrodome to look like a hanging person. So every coach and player coming in would know that that's going to be where they were going to be after playing the Oilers. I mean, he was entertaining. What? When you look back on this guy, like he was a fascinating coach, but hugely annoying to deal with. Would, even people that didn't hate him, and this is always a giveaway with anybody, a couple giveaways when somebody is almost impossible to deal with and nobody really likes him. It's like, oh, what's uh, – I think i got to give damn shit credit on this one. Uh, he's like, well, yeah, what's what's the deal with Jerry? Well, Jerry's going to be Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> and also the other the, the other dead giveaway is uh, when someone that does have loyalty to that person uh, but uh, needs to find a way or like grasping for straws on how to describe why they're actually a good person in spite of what you've seen and heard. It's like, I'll tell you one thing about Jerry. He'll give you the shirt off his back if it's the last one. that's a code for he's probably a bad guy (laughs) anything else you got another feud I have one oh you got one Connie yeah on the fly what about um, my favorite was it's from the Eagles but Terrell Owens when he got into it with Hugh Douglas and the two of them I guess uh, T.O. was rehabbing, so he was in one of the tubs. And my favorite version of the story is when Brian Westbrook tells it because he was in the training room when it happened. So we watched the whole thing because you get, like, so many different iterations of the same story. But 
as Brian tells it, uh, T.O. was in the tub, like icing up or whatever, and Hugh comes in and they start jawing at each other. And I think Westbrook was in another tub, so like he couldn't get out. And all of a sudden, T.O. stands up and goes and gets his shoes to put his shoes on so he could have like some leverage. And then they just start throwing punches at each other in the training room in the middle of it all. Wow. And T.O. walks out. <laughs> Did you see this or is this just the story? No, because it was a closed yeah. locker room. T.O. walks out uh, as the story goes and goes into the main locker room and then challenges anybody else that has a problem with him to take care of it right then and there. And most people viewed that as a direct challenge to Donovan McNabb, who was also in the locker room. Wow. So right after that, he got like suspended indefinitely and the whole thing. Terrell Owens, not a Hall of Famer, by the way. Maybe and he's not upset Stories like this uh, uh, <laughs> point to why maybe he struggled to get uh, people on the side. Sully, you have one? Yeah, I, I was going to bring up a question, too. Uh, mine, my favorite current one right now is Odo Beckham versus Josh Norman. Is there a better current feud? Oh, my God, that is right the now? worst one by far. It is far. awesome. It's, 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 anytime it's Josh Norman talks, I'm just like, God, somebody shut this guy up. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love him, not necessarily off the field, but on the field when they're they're basically swinging at each other. That was play. the rare fight December 2015, that regular season game between the Giants and uh, uh, Panthers. Now right. he's with the Redskins, of course where neither guy came off well, it was very clear. It got to a point where neither guy cared about the game on any level, and it, <laughs> it, it had just become like a mano y mano situation, only both guys just came off incredibly lame, in my opinion at least, and I think a lot of people yeah. thought it, was, it, it went too far where it was just farce by the end of the game. <laughs> uh, and I have a little prediction. I think that's going to come back this year. It was a little quiet last year. Yeah. I think 90% of the reason Josh Norman signed in the with the Redskins is because he could continue to have uh, serve up slabs of beef with Des Bryant, with Odell Beckham. I think he. I mean, he said as much. Stuff. Yeah, and I have a feeling we're going to see another meltdown between Beckham and Norman before the season goes out and Wes's head will explode. I'm going to save all of my veto powers for Josh Norman 2017. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Veto um, powers activated. <laughs> We talked about Al Davis being great at feuding. Buddy Ryan is another one. Feuded with Mike Ditka almost his entire time running the 4-6 defense with the Bears and then famously punched Gil Kevin Gilbride in the face on the sideline when he went when they were both with the Oilers. Oh, my God. Yeah, that when Buddy Ryan got carried off the field in uh, Super Bowl twenty. how do you think that sat with Ditka? Well, we, oh. he, he, it's very clear it did not sit well with him at all. And my favorite, uh, I'll, I'll read a quote. My favorite quote in the midst of a massive uh, feud. If the, if that man was on fire and I had to piss to put him out, I wouldn't do it. I hate him and will never respect him. Anybody remember that one? Wow. Who's that? That's James Harrison on The Commissioner. Roger wow. Goodell, oh, my God. That's the strong. Part of uh, when they were fighting about illegal hits and when the NFL's cracking down. Uh, on uh, players and uh, an effort to begin their player safety initiative. And Harrison was at the focal point of that. That was in an interview with Men's Journal in 2011. Uh, interesting. Why don't we have a little – we don't have to go into it, but do we want to do a little list of the other ones that, 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 that Wes had cycled Yeah, throw out a couple of, ones. For both of us. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, Jerry Jones. Well, they could have – that dynasty could have gone many years longer, but – by all reports, that feud was about who deserved credit for building the dynasty. Mm -hmm. Right. 
They're and Jimmy always got the credit. Jerry did not like it. I was in Australia for some random month, like six months off of school, because I basically was done with college, and I did not want to go back, and was traveling around. I was in Sydney, and I saw this like international version of USA Today saying that Jerry Jones had fired Jimmy Johnson, and I was like, Am I? Have I eaten a tab of acid? This cannot possibly <laughs> yes. be real. Probably. Yeah, and it, one of those things where it, it worked out for neither guy. Jimmy Johnson went to Miami, never won anything. Jerry Jones hasn't been back to the Super Bowl since. How about this one? Marcus Vick oh. versus everyone on oh, Twitter. Just I love aw- that Just one. awful at Twitter. Oh, Marcus He's the Vick worst. Is, I, I think the reason we don't hear from him anymore is because he got so bad. Twitter is like, bro. You're, you're overserved. You're they done. Shut him down. He's I mean, like allowed. every time Michael Vick started to do well, even in Philadelphia and play well, his brother would just start mouthing off oh, on noxious. Twitter. It was awful. Uh, <laughs> How about Peyton Manning versus Mike Vanderjack? The cold oh, idiot kicker. Oh, my God, that's right. <laughs> Got all liquored up and ran his mouth. <laughs> that was a comment made at the Pro Bowl, by the way. And uh, I'll throw uh, Be- Belichick versus Mangini, oh, of course, please. Spygate. And this came up recently. Rich Samini, who's my favorite um, beat writer for the Jets, he's a legend on that beat. And he interviewed Samini at, a, excuse me, Mangini at a football camp uh, recently about how he li- he hasn't spoken with Belichick, who he was very close with before Spygate, and uh, he would like to mend fences on that front, uh, but probably knows deep in his heart it probably will never happen. And if you're looking to know if if Belichick is forgiven. Uh, Mangini recently in a press conference uh, Belichick was just going through all the uh, coaches in his past that went on to get head coaching jobs and he left Mangini out of the list so Ooh, burn. could be an oversight or it could be I don't think so the man low, is dead to him low-key burn yeah mm-hmm. uh, all right top feuds and now Greg Rosenthal and Miko Grimes Add top to of the list. list top of the list with a bullet number one we will be back on uh, Thursday with another episode of the Around the NFL podcast. People are, are, are getting upset when they're not seeing podcasts on Monday. Uh, we, you know, we're doing two shows a week until we hit training camp. And then once training camp hits, we're back to three uh, a week all through uh, the end of July, August, September, October, November, <laughs> December. Is so Daddy so, ever coming home? Yeah, that's when that begins. Uh, so, Thank you, uh, Connie, for joining us once again. Of course. Just so versatile. A real B.J. Serhoff. Wow. How I look at you. That, thank you. Yes. B.J. Serhoff, one of the biggest catching prospects of the 1980s. Yeah. Let's end a football podcast by going out on a <laughs> low-level baseball reference. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way to do it. All right. Stan Hans is signing off for Quiet Storm, The Mailman, Connie Fox. And Sully behind the glass <laughs> till Thursday. <laughs> I kept, I was trying to think of what I was talking about. <laughs>
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.